Yulstein in the shotgun left. Alana Lua is now going to go out left side. Here's the snap and a throw midfield. It's going to be intercepted. It's intercepted by Hawkins for the Bears. Unbelievable. No look pass to Christina Nigwe who hits a layup and one. A flashy effort from the five-star Forbes. Caldwell driving the lane, has some space. Layup off her left hand, off the backboard and good. 30-29, back to a one-point game. Nigwe ready to take the second shot. It is up. It is good. And Christina Nigwe is the leading scorer in Cal basketball history. History indeed for one of the best players in this program's history. Welcome into Bear Talk, a thrilling loss for the Cal Bears men's basketball team in overtime as they fall to UCLA. But tonight on Bear Talk, it's men's basketball, it's women's basketball, and it's our Cal baseball season preview. As my name is Sam Wiseman here with Ryan Zimmerman. You just heard Jack Hinson and Joe Scaramuza as we get set for this season preview for Cal baseball. We first take a look back at this Cal basketball game and Ryan a tough loss in overtime Jack's going to be joining us shortly but before he does your initial thoughts well it was a much better effort than I was expecting to see from this Cal team I thought UCLA was going to come in and just completely wipe the floor with these Bears but they gave it their all there's some signs of progress with this team and that I can be very happy about combo Calix post game show and Bear Talk here tonight as we take a look back at this ballgame, UCLA 75, California 67, the final in overtime. As UCLA went on a 6-0 run to close things out on free throws. UCLA shot 39% from the field, rather, California 34%. UCLA turned the ball over, I believe, a season-high 19 times, and Cal unable to take advantage. And that really was the story, as Cal took a 9-point lead in the halftime and was unable to close things out in overtime despite mounting a brilliant last-second comeback to even get the game back tied as they were down to UCLA in those final minutes. At the beginning of the second half, Cal, still struggling against UCLA, maintained a short lead as Jack Hinson was on the call. And Matt Bradley again going up against Moses Brown. Misses the first one, but Vanover there on the glass to tip it back in. As California would fall victim to a couple of UCLA runs during that period. Ryan, I know that was tough to watch. We talk about the stats just a little bit before we head into our discussion of Cal women's basketball. UCLA 75, California 67, and the, the continued inability of this Cal team to struggle back, even with those halftime leads, has been something that's put this team down more than it's uh, more than I think anyone expected, even coming into Pac-12 conference play in this new year. Yeah, it's been a theme throughout why King Jones is two years at the helm of Cal basketball. It's just an inability to play a full 40-minute basketball game. This team can be really streaky at times, and they'll trick you into thinking that they're in the game with late runs in the first half, making it look a little better in the second half, but they just lack that killer instinct, and they've always left the door open for teams to just blow the lead right open and make sure that there's no doubt in their minds who's going to win the game. And tonight was a good example of that, although they played a little bit better down the stretch, they forced overtime, but ultimately UCLA had that run. Cal just couldn't stop it. Cal men's basketball falls to UCLA in overtime, 75-67. They lose their 13th straight game. It is their longest losing streak of all time. So they are setting some records. As in program history, no Cal men's basketball team has ever, ever, ever lost this many games in a row. They will try again this Saturday against USC, Saturday, February 16th. 
as it'll be Shavit, or excuse me, Ryan Zimmerman, and I believe Jack Hinson yeah, on the call. Yeah, he's calling it with me. This, uh, this should be a good one. This coming Saturday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That game will tip off. Our coverage tips off at 4.55 p.m. Pacific time this Saturday. California versus USC. We hope you'll join us this Saturday afternoon. Meanwhile, we'll take a look at the women's team. As you heard in the intro, Christina Nigue is setting the all-time points record and scoring record for this Cal women's team. And boy, it was great to see and listen to her do it. And just one more time for all of you out there, Christina Nigue setting the all-time California points scored record. Ready to take the second shot. It is up. It is good. And Christina Nigue is the leading scorer in Cal basketball history. History indeed for one of the best players in this program's history. Right here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, your only source for California women's basketball. Christina Nigue breaking the all-time point scored record, then just one game later breaking the all-time rebounding record. She's just 10 block shots away from breaking the Cal all-time blocks record, the undisputed queen at this point of California women's basketball in 115 seasons of Cal women's basketball. She has been the best all time. And so this weekend, a pair of losses against the top 10 Oregon schools, Oregon and Oregon State coming to town, but a little bit of a bright spot there as Christina Digway sets those new records. Colleen Galloway, uh, the player she took those records from, was in the building as it was Alumni Day on Sunday against Oregon State. And let's chat a little bit about that Christina Nigue record-breaking weekend and those two games as Cal against Oregon State had an 11-point lead in the second quarter, slip away. They were not really in it against Oregon, but still to have that result even against one of those two top 10 teams was really astounding on the tail end of a split home-and-home home with Stanford, who at the time was ranked ninth in the country. Honestly, I disagree with you about your statement about Oregon. There were there were serious times where I thought Cal was going to win this game. In the second quarter, they had the lead for a good stretch of time, but just a combination of questionable officiating and Oregon just being Oregon and being really good at basketball really shifted the tide and Cal was never able to recover. I think the score line from that game, 105-82, I don't think it really showed how good of a game Cal played. They had some really good performances, not just from Inigwe, but from Rasay Caldwell and from Asia Thomas as well. So I think it was a productive weekend in everything except winning. You could see this team can keep games competitive, although I understand that's not what they're trying to do. They want to win, but that is encouraging to see. Well, encouraging is not the name of the game this late in the season. They have just six conference games left before the Pac-12 Women's Basketball Tournament. As you talk about Asia Thomas, have to... Uh, give her not as well. She sets the all-time California three-point record. And you have to ask if this Cal team can't win, which Cal team can? Because Christina Nigue and Asia Thomas combining just these past weekend, this past weekend rather, in two games to set three all-time California records. And with, this, with these two seniors gone next year, you have to wonder where the future lies for this Cal program. This year, really their year to step up. And you mentioned the great performance from Rasay Caldwell. She'll be gone as well. We'll talk more about next year in Cal women's basketball after this regular season and postseason are concluded. But just to put that out there, Aisha Thomas and Christina Nguye, both great scorers for this Cal women's team. And you said, Ryan, it's encouraging to see them in games like this, but... 
I think even going back to that first conference series with UCLA coming in and dealing Cal a tough overtime loss, questionable officiating, as you say, seems always to be a part of it here for California, and uh, we can talk about that all we want, but uh, the fact remains they dropped their first conference game. They came back with a win against USC, but they would uh, drop the next two games as part of a stretch where they lost five of six, one to Harvard, one to UCLA, teams that weren't particularly good, uh, especially at that point in the season. Now, UCLA and USC this weekend as California will face those two squads, have been on somewhat of a tear recently. A, a great win by UCLA over Utah last week, the 17th-ranked Utes, the 17th-ranked Utes, should say. And so with these two teams now on, a, on more of a hot streak, you have to wonder how this Cal team that lost to UCLA and USC when they weren't playing such great basketball uh, will deal with it. I think there is a hunger, though, from this Cal team. And let's not let's not forget the last four games Cal played – it was against top 10 competition every single game. That can't be said for a lot of programs. And yeah, Cal didn't exactly get the results that they wanted, but they were playing against some of the best teams in the country and one of the best conferences in the country. And that can't be understated that this team can compete with a lot of really good programs. So then when it comes to playing against lower ranked schools in the conference, although you did mention UCLA and USC are on a fine run of form, I think that that is just super valuable to have that experience and to take it into games that they should be winning, which I think can put them over the top. You're listening to Bear Talk here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. Sam Wiseman alongside Ryan Zimmerman as we recap this Cal men's basketball loss 75-67 in overtime and we chat a little bit of Cal a little bit rather of Cal women's basketball. The Cal women will go on uh, this week and this weekend to play UCLA and USA. It's UCLA on Friday and USC this coming Sunday. Both games air on Pac-12 Networks, not right here on KALX Berkeley. Uh, we will have them for you next weekend when they come back home against the Arizona schools. Those schools they struggled against earlier this season as well. Just six regular season games left for this Cal women's team. And this brings us, as we wrap up our chat, about Cal women's basketball to a special announcement that for the first time in quite some time, CalX Radio will be your only source of Cal women's basketball in the postseason as well as we go on to cover the Pac-12 Women's Basketball Tournament from March 7th through 10th in Las Vegas, Nevada. We hope you'll join us then as this will be your only source of California women's basketball that weekend. California guaranteed at least one game. They're headed for about a six or a seven seed right now, March 7th through 10th, Thursday the, Thursday the 7th through Sunday the 10th. We're excited to be bringing you those games here this season on CalX Berkeley. And with that, we'd like to talk a little bit of Cal baseball as the baseball squad opens up their season this Friday, February 15th. They play four games in four days this President's Day weekend as they head down to Tempe, Arizona for a tournament. They will then go on to play Cal Poly as part of their non-conference schedule. They open up at home Friday, February 28th at 7.05 p.m. That game against St. Mary's is part of a double home-and-home. -home. Calix coverage of Cal Baseball here on your only source for Cal Baseball begins on Saturday, March 1st at so we'll say 6.50 Pacific time, I believe, is the start time for our coverage this year. 6.50 Pacific time for a first pitch of 7.05. We'll have you covered on the pregame show as Cal will then in conference play go on to open things up with USC. And here on our Cal Baseball Season Preview, we'll chat with Mike New a little later on coming up in just a couple of minutes here. But Ryan, as this Cal Baseball squad goes down, to Arizona to start out their season. I know you you mentioned last week three and one are your uh, your predictions for this weekend. But to be honest, 
not a lot of pitching for Cal baseball. And, in fact, some breaking news here before we get to your thoughts on this tournament, Ryan. Uh, this news broke just yesterday as Cal plans to use an opener in the style of the Rays and the Oakland Athletics, as well as a couple other major league teams. Nine MLB teams used an opener in the latter stages of last year. Cal will be one of the first college baseball teams to rely on an opener tactic, with Jaron Horn moving from Friday to Saturday and Armand Sabori on opening day this Friday, opening things up for this Cal team. Ryan? I'm honestly a little bit torn about the idea of using an opener, but I do see where Mike New is coming from. This team has five returning pitchers who pitch significant innings with guys like Aaron Shortridge, Joey Matulovich, those two going to the draft. If I'm missing, or Tanner Dodson, yeah, I was I knew I was forgetting a name somewhere. So I can see why Mike New is shaking things up and trying to get some familiar faces back on the mound in situations that are, you could say that the first couple innings could potentially prove some high leverage situations. So I get where he's coming from. It remains to be seen whether it'll work or not. But obviously that's baseball. Well, Calix broke this news yesterday, and we heard about it from Mike New himself, and we have. Mike New with us here tonight on Bear Talk. It's a nice opportunity to have a little chat with the Cal Baseball head coach. Let's take a listen into Mike New's comments on a tournament this weekend, the upcoming Cal Baseball season, and his plans for use of an opener. One of the first college baseball teams in America to use an opener will be the California Golden Bears come this Friday. Sam Wiseman here alongside Mike New, Cal Baseball head coach, ahead of their season opener this coming Friday night down in Tempe, Arizona. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. I want to start out uh, as we get started with our Cal Baseball coverage this year, our season preview, uh, with the Cal Baseball finish last year. Fifth place in the Pac-12. You had a better non-conference record than Washington at the when all was said and done, uh, just below them in the standings, and Washington seemed to be the cutoff for, for the for the NCAA tournament as far as the Pac-12 goes. Four bids and Cal was fifth place. So, as far as, you know, now this year, uh, having that, I would assume that'll be a pretty big motivator for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we started off, um, you know, we started off conference and we, we struggled. I think we started off 0-5 in conference and, um, you know, definitely bounced back and, and got better as conference went on. We were, de- we were trying to, you know, figure out our pitching a little bit. We, we were a little bit thin there. And um, but you know our guys battled really really well. I thought we did have a good non-conference. We played a little bit of a softer schedule, but we did what we were supposed to do in those games, and um, that hurt us a little bit because our RPI was a little bit low when it was all said and done. And we did have a couple opportunities to sweep some teams uh, where we just couldn't quite finish the job. We had a chance to, to sweep Washington. We had a chance to sweep Washington State, um, and uh, and probably one other Utah as well. You know where we had leads, or we were in, we were close late, and we lost in, the, in extra innings, or, or lost uh, late where we just couldn't quite finish it off. And, and you know, one, two, definitely three of those wins is the difference between us being in a regional. Um, and, and you know, the guys coming back understand that. You know, I think understanding the importance of every single game, and knowing that you know you win the first two games, you know that that third game is just as important as those first two. Um, you know, you, you lose the first game, it, you know it doesn't matter. They're all super important when you're playing a shorter schedule and when RPI is in effect and when you're playing in such a great conference. Um, you know, just understanding that. And I think that we just are really trying to hammer that home with these guys. So, uh, you know, we just understand we got we to gotta play the game the same every time. 
and, and not let in anything outside of uh, outside of the game affect us. So um, hopefully we do a better job of that. But uh, we're excited about it. We, we do have some great guys returning, and we're going to be relying on some really, really young guys as well. They're pretty talented. You mentioned the trouble closing out series last year. I think uh, Cal won four straight series uh, heading into the Stanford series, but none of them uh, were sweeps up to that point. And you, you mentioned every game being important. I certainly remember the first game at Arizona State in that last weekend uh, as being uh, an important one that, that Cal took the lead into. I, I believe was an Aaron Shortridge pitched that game. Is that right? Yeah, I think we, we took the lead. Um, you know, and we had the lead in the ninth inning. Uh, we lose a, We end up losing in the bottom of the ninth, you know, and, and we had a chance to sweep them as well. So, you know, you're talking about four potential sweeps, um, you know, that end up being, we won the series two out of three, but, you know, even if we, even if we're able to take two out of those four, um, you know, all of a sudden we have 18 conference wins and, and we're, we're in there, you know, so, um, so yeah, that, that was frustrating. That was frustrating at times um, just to, to know that it was right there for us. So, you know, I, I think, Hey, we just got, we just got to learn from it as a, as a team and as a program and get better. And, um, you know, we, we have some new guys that are going to be able to step up this year. Last year, maybe you haven't, maybe you hadn't figured out your pitching at the very beginning, but by the end, Aaron Shortridge, Tanner Dodson, all those guys, uh, they're both drafted, Jonah Davis, Ty Green, uh, Joey Matulovich, uh, he's gone in the draft as well. Uh, so three really top pitchers uh, for the squad gone in the draft. And I don't know if that speaks to you about kind of the quality of, of pitching that, that was here last year. And you talk about uh, the newcomers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, we, we lost, I think, five guys to the draft, um, you know, three of our top four hitters. Um, you know, which is, you know, it's bittersweet because, you know, you, the, the guys had a great year. Um, you know, they, they did so well and, um, you know, you're happy for them to, to get the opportunity to play professionally. Uh, two of the pitchers, obviously Aaron Shortridge being, uh, you know, going from not pitching a lot his freshman and sophomore year to being, you know, really one of the better pitchers in the Pac-12 um, and being a great guy for us on Sunday. And he started the year as a reliever, uh, but just took advantage of his opportunity and ended up being really, really good for us. So, you know, a couple of those guys you, you probably go into last year and don't think you're going to lose them to the draft because they just hadn't had a, a resume where you would expect that. Um, and then they have outstanding years and, and they are drafted and, they, and some of them got drafted pretty high. So uh, that's exciting for them, but it also leaves us, and that's the tough thing with you know, college baseball is um, you know, you, you, the draft can play both ways. We lost a, a freshman, uh, a high school senior who would have been a freshman this year who got drafted as well. So you, know, you, you have a six man swing when you have five juniors drafted that sign one high school senior that's supposed to be here in signs, you could potentially have seven of those guys here um, if everything works out, or you have, and it worked out the opposite for us, they all, all seven signed. Um, you know, so we are in a position where we don't have a senior on the team, not one, um, w which is so unique. Um, and, um, you know, you just, you don't want to be in that situation. You hope you get mm -hmm. a couple of those guys back, but we didn't. So, you know, we're going to rely on some freshmen that are, that are pretty talented to come in um, you know, to pitch for us a little bit, and, and we're excited about that, but it, we, are, we also lack experience, uh, you know, so we're going to have to learn on the fly. Uh, but, you know, we're excited about it. I think we've worked really, really hard this offseason to prepare these guys and give them everything we have. Uh, we have a great coaching staff that has a ton of knowledge, and I think these guys are ready to go. So I'm just excited to kind of let them loose and, and let them go play the game, and hopefully our preparation can take over and we can get some wins. 
Do you keep track of the guys who get drafted in the minors? I know Tanner Dodson, ERA of 1.4 something in a short season A, right? Yeah, I mean, all the guys that got drafted and signed all, all started off great. I mean, Tanner did great. You know, Jonah Davis was, um, you know, player of the week in, in his league and, and did an outstanding job. Shortridge did outstanding. Uh, Ty Green did outstanding. I mean, uh, and Joey Matulovich as well. So, you know, all those guys, it was great to see them have success. We follow them and we keep in touch with them. I think I've talked to every single one of those guys within the last, you know, month or even week. And uh, it's nice to have them come back around too and, and just, uh, you know, continue to be a part of the program, you know, even though you'd love to have them here playing for another year. But, you know, for, for them to feel comfortable, come around, you know, help our guys and, and things like that, it's been really exciting. On the staff, uh, nine true freshman arms. You got, I think, five returners. Uh, Jared Horn gonna, is going to come back and be the Friday starter at the beginning of the year. You said that. What's the challenge, what's the process like of finding not one but now two starters out of, out of nine freshmen who haven't really they haven't ever played at this level? Yeah, you know, we, we changed that a little bit. We are going to start Jared on Saturday uh, to start the year. Um, you know, we feel like Saturday being that swing day, you know, where if you win on Friday – um, you have a chance to win the series on Saturday. If you lose on Friday, you got to take, you know, get back in the series on Saturday. So, so we we've adjusted that, you know, to have him pitch on on Saturday, and, and we're excited about that. I think he's, um, you know, really in a good position now to, um, you know, to have a great year. Um, you know, his his maturity has uh, has really improved. I think his mechanics, you know, everything that we've we've really been working on all fall. And into the spring, so we're excited for him to, um, you know, to take that role and really go with it. Um, and then we are going to have to rely on some on some freshmen, um, you know, on Friday and Saturday. And we, we are going to use a little bit of uh, you know the A's and and the Tampa Bay Rays approach. And I think more and more big league teams are going to it, where we'll um, you know use some guys in some limited roles early in the game, and then try to push a, a freshman a little bit later. So we'll have Armand Savori. We'll start on Friday. Our left-hander, who's a junior. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how far he can go. He's more of a reliever. Um, so, you know, he may go one or two innings, and then we'll bring in uh, Sam Stoutenborough, who's a really good freshman drafted out of high school in there, and, and hopefully he can get us deep into the game. Uh, we feel really good about um, a couple freshman bullpen arms, maybe even three, um, you know, with uh, Joe Amarato, um, Sean Sullivan, and Ian Villers. Um, and, and we feel like they can be the back end because both, you know, all three really good arms, good breaking balls, and, uh, you know, we'll rely on those to be the kind of back end of it all. So uh, it's going to be fun. It'll be exciting. Uh, I, I'm excited to see. We have a good strategy. We really like it. We're not able to match up um, with anybody with a true number one pitching staff where we can have a true Friday, Saturday, and Sunday guy. We're just too young to have that. So we're going to have to match up with them being a little bit um, – unique with our strategy, similar to what the A's have done and what the Tampa Bay Rays have done. So we're excited about that. Uh, you know, how well it works, we'll find out. I think there's going to be days where where it's going to be, you know, we're going to put the pieces together and we're going to get a win and it's going to be exciting. And there's going to be some days where, where we struggle and we're going to have to battle a little bit. But, uh, but we're excited about it. We've done a lot of research on it. We've really taken a lot of time to think about how we want to put the pieces together. And we'll try it out uh, this Friday. As far as the opener goes and, and with the freshman arms, how much do you get a chance to see these guys' stamina before the actual season starts? Because I know you scrimmage in the fall, you scrimmage in the spring. Do you ever put them into kind of a long game, multiple inning situation? Yeah, we, we do that the whole you know fall and into the spring, and we've been doing it up until this point. I mean, we, you know these guys have an, a great 
throwing program. Uh, you know, we feel um, like we are, you know, one of the best in the country, preparing our arms physically, preparing our guys mentally, um, you know, getting them ready to pitch in, in certain situations. Obviously, it's going to be up to them, uh, but there's not a lack of preparation. These guys are all healthy. Um, they're confident. They understand what it, it means to uh, to pitch at this level and to get guys out. Now the thing that we're going to need to get is experience, and that's going to happen soon. But these guys are completely prepared uh, from every aspect. We take a lot of pride in doing that, and I feel 100% confident in what we do uh, to get these guys ready. So I'm excited about it. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be fun to, to get them out there. But there's no situation and, and, and no um, health or, or stamina standpoint that they're not prepared for at this point. You mentioned uh, looking really hard at the data with the opener concept. How much does analytics factor into college baseball and this team? You know, I don't think it factors into college baseball a lot at this point, but it is getting more and more toward that. We are, I think, at the cutting edge of it at Cal. Um, we, we've, uh, we've worked with the engineering um, department here. Um, we have some students um, in sports analytic group that are working with us and uh, you know our student managers and myself and, and our pitching coach and, and uh, the other guys that work with the pitchers um, and hitters uh, have been into that you know we have the track man system that every major league team has uh, record every piece of data uh, we have the rap soto system in our bullpen that, that records every piece of data every time we pick up a ball and throw a ball we record that data and we use it uh, based on what the major league teams use and 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 by research and trying to figure out how guys can pitch um, better in better situations. Are there some platoon matchups? Are there things they can improve on with their breaking ball, with what their spin rate is, what their velocity is? Um, we are not, we're, we're unt unturning every stone we can to make sure we can get these guys better, we can develop, and we can be prepared for the game. So I'm excited about it. I love that part of the game. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's just another element that our guys can use to get better and our coaching staff can use to get better. So we're using every single piece of it that we can. And I think it's been really great. I mean, it gives our guys a whole nother um, element that they can work on and, and our staff as well. No conversation about Cal baseball is complete without Andrew Vaughn. Ridiculous season last year. I think it was slugging or o OPS over 1,000 for at least half of the season. It was, you know, Golden Spikes winner. He's back, and you talk about not having a senior, but I would guess he's the closest thing to a senior that you have and what might be your last year with him. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, he's, he is as advertised. I mean, um, you know, you're right. He, he's, a, he's a leader. Um, you know, he's, he's a leader in the clubhouse. He's a leader on the field. He's, uh, you know, one of the hardest working guys um, that, that I've coached. Um, he wants to win. Um, he wants to make the guys around him better. You know, which is really the definition of leadership, and um, you know, it, and obviously just the talent level and, and and what he does on the field is is um, you know just one of the best in the country, if not the best. Uh, so we're very fortunate to have him, and I think you know we want to take advantage of him being here. We we really hope that these young guys can step up and and give him a chance to play in a regional because we were so close last year. We lost a lot, but uh, you know I, I would love to see him be able to perform on that stage. And, uh, you know, he deserves it with what he's done here. And, and, and he's just such a great part of this program to win the Golden Spikes Award. Um, you know, it's been huge for him and for our program. So, uh, you know, we're excited about, you know, his junior year and, and putting him in position to just do everything he can do to help us win. As far as position players go, all returning infield, Darren Baker, Sam Wesniak, Cameron Eden, and Andrew Vaughn, uh, behind the plate guy, Corey Lee as well. A little bit more of an open question uh, in the outfield, though. Max Flower is back uh, and... Uh, 
Brandon McIlwain is going to have his first season here as a, as a Cal baseball player. Yeah, we, we do. Mm -hmm. We have some changes in the outfield. You know, I think, um, you know, Max Flower uh, played quite a bit last year, didn't start all the time, but, you know, he um, he's probably our most veteran guy out there. Um, you know, we, we've been rotating those guys in every outfield position. I think at this point, you know, we feel like Max is probably the most um, uh, most suited to play center, and, and we'll probably put him out there, um, you know, for to start out the year, but he can play any of those positions. Um, I think Brandon McIlwain, um, you know, he he's still he's still getting comfortable playing baseball, you know, but we, we definitely want to see his athleticism and and get him out there uh, the, the as much as we can. Connor Mack has had a good fall. Um, he's a sophomore. He broke his handmate last year, so he missed most of the year, but he's a talented guy. Um, and then Quentin Selma and John Lagatuda. I mean, I think the, you know those five guys. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of rotate them in with. I think, um, you know, you know, Flower probably being the mainstay. He's going to stay out there, but I think we'll try to rotate those guys a little bit the first three weeks and just really see who can uh, give us the best combination of, you know, defense, um, impact bat, and um, you know, just just kind of who can give us the best chance to win. So so we have a great you know. Um, situation. I think those guys are all competitive and they all want to win. They all want to play. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to rotate and kind of see what fits best a little bit once we start league. Uh, but, we, you know, not a lot of experience. You know, it's, we're, we're getting it as we go. So, I, uh, I talked to Coach Wilcox last week uh, about Brandon McElwain uh, in part, and he, was, he said you guys sat down and worked out with the spring ball schedule for football. And I, I would hope at least the baseball would take priority over over spring ball, but how does that work? Have you worked with a two-sport athlete before, and especially uh, from the pitching side mm -hmm. of things? Uh, I guess I don't know if the throwing motion. If there's if there's any coaching to be done there, but he's been playing both for a while. Now. Yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Wilcox has been great. I mean, he's been willing to work with us. Um, you know, we, we both understand that we're you know we're trying to do everything we can to you know help our programs win, and and that's part of Brandon's um, opportunity here is um, is to be. Uh, to be able to do both. So, um, you know, we've worked that out. I think, you know, obviously when football season was there, that's where the priority was. You know, now that he's with baseball, the priority is going to be more with us. He's going to still try to do as much as he can with them, just like he did with us in the fall. It was limited, but, it, it, you know, he was able to get out here a little bit. And, um, you know, we're just going to try to, you know, get him as much experience as we can. But, uh, you know, pretty talented guy to be able to do both. And, and we have done it before. I mean, we, we've done it in the past with a couple of guys here. So it's doable. It's difficult, but it is doable. Here with Mike New on Bear Talk on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, wrapping up our Cal Baseball season preview with a look at the season schedule. Because you talked last year about maybe a lower RPI. This year, you're starting out down in Tempe this weekend. You'll have four games over President's Day weekend. Then we'll play Cal Poly. And uh, it's right on to the home opener against uh, against St. Mary's. You also get to play LSU. There's a game against San Jose State. And then what seems like uh, an earlier starting conference play, maybe just because of the Long Beach State series that's kind of interspersed in there. But you guys will get to play USC uh, in just about a month from today. Right. Yeah, no, I, I think our schedule is definitely uh, a little tougher. I mean, you know, one of the things you know, you, you kind of inherit the schedule, you know, we schedule, you know, two to three years in advance, you know, so, so we inherited the schedule a little bit from last year and, and, and had to make a couple adjustments. So, um, you know, wasn't, wasn't a bad schedule. I mean, you know, you, you never know how teams are going to do. Um, but, you know, we definitely took a little bit of a hit in RPI with where our schedule was last year. I think we've been, um, we're a little bit tougher this year, you know, I mean, play Cal Poly, play Long Beach State, play LSU, 
um, you know, playing this tournament in Arizona where we're going to play four different teams in four days on a neutral site. Um, I think it's a little more challenging and we're on the road a little bit more. St. Mary's, you know, they've, they've been uh, really solid and, and have a good pitching staff. So I think we're going to be challenged uh, with non-conference and, and, and our league is very good this year. Um, you know, we return a lot of really, really good teams, a lot of really good talent level. Um, you know, we're definitely not preseason picked very high, so we're going to have to, um, we got some work to do. You know, um, we, we got to prove ourselves a little bit. We, and, I, and, and for good reason. You know, we have a lot of players that nobody knows who they are. You know, they're freshmen, so, or they haven't played. So, so we have to prove ourselves and we have to get um, some experience quick, and we're going to have to do it against some pretty, pretty good teams. So uh, I'm excited for the challenge. Our guys are, our guys are really excited for the challenge. And, uh, you know, I think we're ready to play another uniform and get to work. Uh, but we'll make some adjustments as the year goes on, and I'm, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Gonna be a fun home slate. USC, Washington State, ASU, Stanford, and Oregon all coming to Evans Diamond. And before we go, Mike, uh, you you played in 32 games for the A's, I think, and one for the Marlins. And with that in mind, uh, I'm gonna have to ask you: with pitchers and catchers reporting this week, and uh, and even today for some teams. Uh, do you have a team as, as the, the Major League season gets started? You know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I've always been an A's and Giants fan. I grew up going to the A's and Giants games and, you know, been pretty fortunate to have some great teams uh, come through here. So I, I got a chance to watch those teams growing up, and I still follow them. And, you know, obviously with, um, you know, having a couple guys on the A's uh, and, and obviously Bob Melvin, uh, you know, being the manager, Marcus Simeon, Mark Hanna, um, you know, we're, we're pretty tight with those guys. I mean, I want to see them do well, and they got an ex exciting team. Um, so, you know, it, it's I'm going to be following those guys quite a bit, and, uh, you know, the Giants as well. So exciting to see those guys, and, you know, pretty exciting time of year for all them to be reporting and getting it rolling right now. All right, as we get our coverage of Cal Baseball rolling here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, the Cal Baseball home opener is February 28th, Thursday at 7.05 Pacific Time versus St. Mary's as part of a four-game set. Our coverage will begin at 6.50 p.m. Pacific time on that Thursday night, and that'll be the first time we'll hear Cal Baseball on the air this year, so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, uh, Mike, for joining us here today, and uh, good luck this season. All right, Sam. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Cal Head coach Mike New on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. You're tuned into Bear Talk as Jack Henson joins us alongside Ryan Zerman. My name is Sam Wiseman. And Jack, you just got back from that loss. How yeah, about with it? what little voice and energy I have, I am somehow got here. Well, you don't sound good. <laughs> you don't sound good, man. Start resting up. You're doing the game with me Saturday. I know. Should well, uh, well uh, let's transition into this, this Cal Baseball season preview. I, know, preview. I know, Ryan, you and I talked about the use of an opener. You're conflicted, uh, as we just heard from Mike New, uh, Cal Baseball head coach here. Jack, Cal Baseball using an opener. Our coverage begins on March 1st at 6.50 p.m. Pacific time. I'm looking forward to it. I know you're lo you're looking forward to it. Your thoughts on this Cal Baseball uh, season opener, opener rather, as we get set to this. Uh, you see you're looking over at Ryan's notes right here. The, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, uh, Sorry, I'm still in basketball on... mode yeah, for a second. That's right, but, but I, we want to know, Jack. You can't Jack. fault him, can you? We want, Ryan, Ryan said what he, we bared our souls. Now it's your turn. Well, how am I feeling about the opener? Yeah, the I opener. I feel it's a very yeah. winnable. It's a very winnable series against St. Mary's. Our uh, you know, like, neighbors. No, like to, the opener. 
As in well, we'll using a reliever. We'll talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, really in basketball mode right here. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's Sabori, right? It is Sabori this Friday. Yeah. I mean, he's he's had a, a lot of quality innings last um, last season, and I know there were a few instances where he was long term relief, put in a good two two and a third, two and two thirds, almost three innings at a time. So you know, you probably expect him to average five, maybe. On a good day, go up On to... a great day. That's a starter really? number for me, a five innings. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I think he can do it. He could probably do it if His he's pitch ca- He's had high pitch counts he every has, season. Yeah. Well, that hasn't been a good thing. In, in, right. in one inning, he's had a pitch count of a, of a well, five-inning starter. I mean, I mean, I, I mean <laughs> that's a little understood what I meant. He has some good stuff. I was buying the plate for a, for a scrimmage he did last fall. Crazy slider. Crazy slider for Marmont Sabori. So we're looking forward to it. Cal Baseball opening up their season this Friday night in Tempe, Arizona. Four games in four days as they play in a tournament. Calex begins coverage of this Cal baseball season against St. Mary's on March 1st at 6.50 p.m. Pacific time. Circle it on your calendars. March 1st, you're on CalX Berkeley, your only source for Cal baseball. That just about wraps up Bear Talk for us here tonight. QBX is next. Stay tuned to the station for that. Keep your dials on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. Cal men's basketball falls to UCLA in overtime, 75-67 the final score last weekend. Christina Nigue is setting the all-time California points and rebounding records as we invite you to tune into the full interview we had with Mike New earlier this week on the podcast version of Bear Talk. That's at anchor.fm slash bear talk, anchor.fm slash bear talk. All past episodes of Bear Talk you can find right there along with this full interview with Mike New and tonight's episode of Bear Talk as well. Big thank you to Jackinson and Ryan Zimmerman. We heard from Mike New earlier tonight. We thank him as well. Once again, stay tuned for QBX as California goes down to UCLA in overtime, 75-67. Tune in every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. for Bear Talk. This has been... 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, York House Sports Radio Network.